welcome to Over the Wall, a Newcastle United podcast, Mr. Hutchin. Um, it feels like a debut, but it's not really a debut. Not really, is it? It's good, man. I'm excited for this. This is, um, I think it's something we've wanted to do for a while, so it's actually good to just um, just do it. Yes, it's um, the feedback I get from on the penalty spot is that we do talk a lot about Newcastle. Um, yep. <laughs> so we've transferred all of that energy and all that knowledge and all that passion into its own podcast. Um, I can see you're wearing the current uh, 2022 jersey. Um, bandwagon? Uh, no, definitely not a bandwagon. No, I can. I probably started supporting the year that that jersey that you're wearing came out. Yeah, well, well before me. Um, on that on that topic, um, this is a solely um, Newcastle United podcast where we just get to discuss everything black and white, everything Newcastle, everything Jollington, um, <laughs> pretty much the the cult hero of uh, of the northeast. Um, mate, let, let's kick it off. A little bit of background for for the people that are listening. Um, how how do we become Newcastle fans? Um, mate, kick it off. How, how did you become a, a Geordie, considering... Oh, I'll, let, I'll let you finish that. Considering where I was born. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, a little known fact. I was actually born in Sunderland, uh, up in the northeast. Uh, most of my family are big Sunderland fans. Um, but I first got exposed to football probably 93, I'd say, when I started really watching it and um, fell in love with Peter Beardsley and Andy Cole. Then on, I've just always been a Newcastle fan. Um, been to plenty of games, um, plenty of autographs, met a lot of players, um, and even moving to New Zealand and Australia hasn't slowed down the, uh, I guess, the passion that I've always had for Newcastle. And it hasn't been fun. You know, we've never won anything uh, aside from the, uh, the championship. And I guess I think we won maybe an Intertoto Cup one year. I think yeah. I remember Scotty Scotty Parker holding some sort of pathetic trophy. It's a uh, European trophy that everyone chases. <laughs> we've had a lot of downs over the years. Now it looks like um, we might actually be on the crest of a, a positive wave. You know, we're seven games unbeaten now. Uh, yeah, we're, we're looking up rather than looking down. So, yeah, so I have plenty of knowledge. Uh, Newcastle knowledge in this head, uh, 30 years watching almost. Um, and about 24. 26, 27 years of playing championship manager, football manager, doing a Newcastle mm. save every year. So mm. pretty uh, up to date with all the players, all the youth players, all the reserve players. All the, staff. all the staff. Everyone, mate. The facilities, state of the art in my game. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about, about me. What about yourself, mate? How did you mate, land on that? For me, obviously, wasn't born there. Um, yeah, I was born in half, three quarter bred um, in Australia. The rest is from Brazil. Uh, for me, 1994, um, I started to get into football. I was, in, I was at school and the World Cup was on um, in USA and, and mum being Brazilian and grandparents being Brazilian and, you know, myself being Brazilian. Brazilian Aussie, Aussie Brazilian, whatever you want, you know. Batsman keeper, keeper batsman. Um, yeah, so I started watching um, the World Cup and, and um, mate, we had a Sega Mega Drive. So this is my story of exactly how I landed on Newcastle or, sorry, how I ended up following Newcastle is that... Um, Mates of ours were over at my place at the time, and um, we we said, all right, let, we're going to get into the Premier League because the World Cup finish was leading into the ninety four ninety five season. Um, it was like we're going to get into um, into football, English football. Um, so we said we, we decided whatever team we landed on, we had to stick by that team. And to this day, everyone bar one, um, 
I know you won't listen to this, Matt, because you listened to her on the penalty spot, and now you're an Arsenal fan. But you landed on <laughs> you landed on Nottingham Forest, and you're now an Arsenal oh. fan. Um, but funny enough, like um, mate, they land on. We had two people land on United, um, one land on Chelsea, um, and Matt landed on Nottingham Forest, um, and they're still Chelsea United fans from day one, day dot. So no bandwagon there for them. Um, and I landed on Newcastle, and I was like, that's my team. I stuck with them, followed them intensely. Um, signing of Alan Shearer kind of highlighted that. Um, you know, 95 in May, I've still got the newspaper article signed by by uh, by the King um, himself, and, and that's that's here. But yeah, so basically it's been, oh, shit. Um, yeah, years, mate. Yeah, long time. Long, long time for following us. And like you said, ups and downs. I've been to, what have I been to? I haven't been to many games. So a lot of you guys listening probably, you know, could be season ticket holders or you could be, you know, You'd be travelling all around the country, which um, yeah, we're jealous, extremely jealous of. But um, I've been to six home games and three away games, and and um, absolutely love it. Um, met met most of the squad. Got Alan Shearer's jacket. Um, that's hanging on my wall. He gave that to me at a game. FC Basel, your way for cup tie at the time. Uh, met met Sir Bobby. Um, yeah, and just each year it gets stronger and stronger, and um, it's time to spit out a little bit of our knowledge and the content, and probably reduce our texting on a weekly basis so we can. <laughs> We can chat on a, uh, on a, on a, or sorry, reduce our texting on a daily basis and, and chat a little bit more over a podcast. I don't know if that's going to reduce the texts, right? Let's be honest. No, but there's always plenty to talk about when it comes to, comes to our beloved Newcastle, anyway. So exactly, but yeah. Probably the be- the best place to start is, um, you know, we could we could bang on about you know p- past. Uh, past tragics and you know the takeover but that's all been done and dusted so I think we're just going to start off fresh here and, and get right into it and we're going to discuss the Brentford game um, that's just been gone and um, yeah touch on a few points about Eddie Howe and just a, the re-emergence of some players but uh, mate Brentford game um, going off your tips you had 1-0 um, I had a 2-0 I got that right but you also got the goal score right so yeah Jolly down with the goal <laughs> score right. I had a Chris Wood double I'm just trying to back the poor bloke to, to bang one in the back of the net. Um, mate, what was your take on the game? It's it's hard to really get a read on it. You know, obviously, the red card after 11 minutes um, sort of changed the whole dynamic of the game. Um, but I was actually impressed with the way we controlled controlled the game because it's not always the easiest to play against 10 men. and It's not something that we've come up against a lot. Um, teams getting red cards against us. It doesn't seem to happen often. So it was sort of new territory for us. But we did well. Um, we controlled the game. Midfield was good, but I was more impressed with how we stretched the game. So we moved from one side to the other. Um, you know, I thought Kraft had a good game on the right. Tiger on the left. We need to sign him permanently. Um, Fraser, Murphy. Murphy was good as well. Um, he doesn't seem to get a lot of plaudits, Murphy, but he, he always puts a shift in whenever he plays. He tries. He tries. And same with Fraser. I think Fraser's going to run his hamstrings off the bone. Um, he's sort of the Scottish Miggy. He just runs and runs, but he's got an end product. Hmm. Uh, and he got the assist, obviously, for Joel. Um, Joel Linton was great again. Um, and Joe Willock is, is revitalised. So, um, look, DeRavka, I think, only had one save to make, and that was in stoppage time, right at the end of the game. Uh, Brentford offered nothing. Um, one of the highlights, obviously, was probably Christian Eriksen, um, you know, returning from death's door. Uh, it was nice to see the whole the whole stadium um, stand up and applaud him. Yeah. Um, 1,500 away fans. Yeah, it's just, it was one of those moments. That it doesn't matter who you support. Um, we're human beings. So it was good. It was good to see Ericsson back. Um, 
and yeah, seven games unbeaten now. One four, drawn three. Um, yeah, onwards and upwards up to lofty heights of fourteenth now. Yeah, it's, um, Mike Dean actually gave that red card a um a free kick the other way to begin with. Yeah, um, which was bizarre. I actually couldn't see too much. I was I was watching on on my laptop at the time. My daughter was up and um, yeah, he. he he went to VAR and um, obviously like turned there. And what I was really impressed with was the fact that, um, like you said, we controlled the game really well. We could have panicked. We could have started. Um, you know, we could have, we could have tried to put the foot down early and, and get a get a quick goal in and go one 0 up. Um, but we controlled the ball really well. We played back when we need to. Um, John Joe ran that midfield, um, which he's been doing very well in the last you know four to five six games, um, picking the right passes. Um, yeah, obviously Willick doing his job, but um, mate Fraser was sensational. The amount of ball he got, I think, is 91 percent completion. Um, his pass rate, um, but he does have that end product. So the ability to turn in, he's got the ability to go past his defender and, and to provide something. Um, yeah, within within re- within reason into um, into the box there. But Fraser's been reborn. Um, but Craft actually impressed me. I know you know there's a lot of hate coming his way from you know a lot of the fan base and. And whatnot, but he did his job. He's done his job in the last two games. He's done his job against West Ham, um, and he's done his job against um, against Brentford. Um, yeah, how, how, how do we say it this morning, or do we say? Um, or Saturday. Say, yeah, or Saturday. <laughs> Saturday, 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 Saturday. How, how do we put this? It's uh, two a.m. our time kickoff, and um, yeah, three three p.m. But what I, what I like about Kraft is that he doesn't try to be someone who's not. He knows what he's good at, and he he doesn't he does it well. He's not. The flashiest defender. He's not the most, I guess, enterprising um, fullback you're ever going to see. He's not Trippier. He knows he's not Trippier. He's Emil Kraft, and he just mm. Eddie Howe gives him a job, and that's it. Yeah, um, he's, get, yeah. he's getting forward too, and he's doing reasonably well getting forward. Um, yeah, he's improving. Yep, he is. Well, Everyone's he has, improving. He has to improve, and I guess you, you can't not improve when Steve Bruce leaves the club. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's showing, and it's funny enough. I'm checking to see West Brom have every week just to. Just to you know, hope that there's no result. Not so much that I don't want to see Bruce to be successful. I just want us to be proven right. Um, yeah. In, in regards to you know of what we had to put up with and and the hate we're getting from pundits and whatnot. But um, mate, Jollington, Jollington's absolutely reborn. Um, you right, mate? Let's just bear having a little bit of a shake. This is the Labrador. Yeah, um, yeah. Just joining in on the podcast. Um, mate, Jollington's absolutely been, mate, reborn. Um, 40 million pound striker. Wore the one number nine. The heaviest jersey in probably English football to the fact that Alan Shearer's got you know, the most goals in the Premier League. Um, probably something I thank Clark for on a weekly basis is getting sent off against Norwich and, and dropping Joel a little bit deeper. And he's turned into... Um, I like to call him a watered-down Patrick Vieira because Patrick Vieira is an absolute class. Um, and Joel's a long way. Joel's probably at three seasons of current form from turning to Patrick Vieira. Uh, mate, he was sensational. Um, winning duels, harassing, chopping. He's, a, he's, he's built like a brick, but he's chopping at people's ankles like a little chihuahua. Um, mate, and, and absolute cracking head. We know his end product is not ideal, um, but he's good in the air. Absolute cracking ball and cracking header. And, um, mate, he's become... He's revered by by us as fans, and he's become a cult hero. He's gone from being hated and you know um, abused on a daily basis on Twitter to to loved and adored. We said it a while ago on on the penalty spot podcast. There's a player in there. He's just not. He wasn't being used right. 
we could see that he's got the physical ability and we've, we've you know, said that for about two years as well we have we? We, yes. we, actually, we actually didn't bad we actually have never bad mouth job we no. actually always bad. i actually got jolington on our um on our green away jersey yeah. straight away like you we we actually never we've actually never bagged, bagged him out we always knew like you said there was a player in there yep. um but it's a happy accident well it's like, yeah well, we, we, yeah we Ooh. didn't know where we were playing no Steve Bruce didn't know where he should play him. Still Ed, probably doesn't. No, he definitely doesn't. And Eddie Howe's um, absolutely landed on his feet. So Jolinton's gone from being a forty million pound striker to a five million pound striker. Now probably a fifty million pound midfielder. Hmm. Like he's just increased his value by fifty mil. Hundred percent. He's just he's just revitalised, but he puts it in, and we can tell he always tried. That was that's why he, a few fans did give him shit, but most people that actually follow football and actually know what they're watching, they could see somebody that was trying. He was really trying. And now he's landed on his feet. Um, most tackles, um, most interceptions. He's reading the game a lot better physically. And he's one of those players that you read in training, dominates. He dominates in training. And like you said, you said on the cast, you know, we keep referring to the on the penalty spot. So if you don't know, we've got another podcast called On the Penalty Spot where we pretty much touch on majority of the Premier League, but mainly world football. Um, but he's... Um, but his reading of the game is sensational. His ability to break up play yep. and really shut down um, you know, the opposing team's momentum and structure and flow. Um, for me at the moment, it's it's second, I wouldn't say second to none. You'd be top three or four in the Premier League. I joked a couple of months ago, I put a tweet out calling him and Joel Ocante. Mm. But it's not that far off because he's doing the same job as Kante. Not as what, well. Doing what, yeah. what um, Kante does, doing what Declan Rice does. He's doing... You know, or are they doing what Jolinson's doing? Mm. There you go. I, I just think, I, I just think Jolinson probably needs a couple more goals just to get the confidence because he, he still, when he gets in the box, he, he loses his feet, he panics yeah. a bit. He's good in between both boxes. Do we? That- but do we need him? Do we need him bombing forward? Do we need him as a an elite box to box midfielder when we have got someone like Joe Willock, who's, you know, obviously last year he he had. A goal a game on, on his loan spell, which he was never ever ever going to repeat. Coming straight back, you know, coming into a permanent move, never going to repeat. Um, but you know, he's got two and two. Do we need Joel to be that player when we have someone like Willock who who has the potential to you know bang in? I guess under Eddie Howe, anywhere from eight to twelve goals a season. Well, Jolinton's still getting in the box, so he's still getting the opportunity. So he still needs to be able to finish them because yeah. um, he just looks a little slow on confidence in front of goal. Everywhere else on the pitch, phenomenal. Like, he's yeah. playing out of his skin. And that's why the header was so... It was a good header. It was a pretty comfortable header. Christopher Ayer didn't it jump. Was, it, was un- it was unchallenged. Yeah. yeah. But uh, he, gets, he loves playing against Brentford. You know, he scored a crack and left foot goal earlier this season against them. Scored the header last night, so... Mate, a bit of a, a bit of a, um, I guess, a bit of an opposite Adebayor celebration. He's on yeah. the whole field and, and he's celebrating in front of... Uh, yeah, in special of, in front of his own fans. So. Yeah, it was it was special to see because, um, like I said, you, you couldn't have imagined that a year ago where you know Joel Linton he has his own song. You know, you know it's, it's crazy. Um, yeah, he's he's undroppable at the minute. He really is. Um, you know, Bruno obviously is waiting. You know, he got half an hour um, against Brentford. Didn't really do anything wrong. Didn't do anything. Didn't set the world on fire, but he yeah. just kept kept it ticking. He did well, um, but. 
pass he, he was he was eager. You, you could see him pass and move and pass and move. And every time he knocked the ball back to John Jay, he'd, he'd move into space and try and create space. Tried a few, a few couple of um, or try to thread the needle a little bit um, through the middle. And obviously, what really and what what I thought about this afternoon is, I saw him play a couple of um, cheeky little through balls to you know try and get Wood in on goal. And obviously, Wood has has no pace whatsoever. Um, but then, mate, and what I got excited about was the fact that we can get once Wilson's gets back on the park and he has the ability to get in behind that defence, um, mate, Bruno could absolutely shine. He could. And I think, obviously, we've got a massive fixture pylon um, in the next month. So Bruno's going to get his opportunity. I guess my question to you is, who does he come in for? Out of the three, Joe, John Joe, Joel. <laughs> big big Joe, little Joe and John Joe. Um, who does Bruno replace? Um, but you've discussed this, and I'll probably agree with you. You can't drop. I think I think Jolinton's the first. Um, Jolinton's the first player on the team sheet as Trippier's out. Yep. Um, as Trippier's out, and then followed by. Um, oh, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough one. Willick's in form. It's going to be out of John Joe and and Willick, and I think Willick, Willick once he. He has one bad game. I do feel, unfortunately, he will get some time on the bench. Um, but yeah, for me, for me, it will be Willock in time. Um, only because John Joe carries that armband, and when the Lascelles out with Tribuer out, I can't see anyone, you know, le- 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 captain in the side there, um, mate. For me, John Joe's the 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 perfect one because they play the similar role. But I think Willock, from a I'm not going to say statistical, but just from a logical point of view, I think he'll be the one to miss out, um, especially when we rotate. And if Bruno comes in and absolutely excels, then whoever's gone out for him is going to find themselves in Bruno's position anyway. I just think if you take Joe Willock out, you lose a lot of that dynamism from midfield because if you bring in Bruno, Joel, and John Joe... Who, who, who captains if John Joe, if John Joe's dropped? Probably a Dan Byrne. Yeah, Fabian Shah. Yeah, I'd probably say Byrne. You know, he's a local lad yeah. and by all accounts has come in and is a pretty good leader, um, pretty vocal on the pitch. You can see it there. He's an organiser. Um, LaSalle will probably come in as well because Shah will probably... There'll be rotations. There'll be rotations. And I'm not even sure John Joe's a great leader, if I'm honest with you. No, um, he's quiet. He's quite mute. Um, we obviously don't know what happens behind the scenes. In the yeah, I mean, we don't know him personally. So. Yeah, but... Um... That's a tough one. You're right there because you know Joe bombs forward and, and he does provide that bit of uh, that bit of spark and yeah. Some bit. A lot of fans have been reading a lot of stuff on Twitter and a lot of fans getting frustrated. Why isn't Bruno starting? It's, it's it's such a good problem to have. Eddie Howe has a good problem. You, you can't yeah. tell me that when he signed for Newcastle that he would have to make a decision on who to drop or potentially to keep a 35 to 45 million pound Brazilian international on the bench. Um, and not be able to drop one of their one of his three midfielders, and, and that we were chatting, um, you know, pre-transfer window that we needed to strengthen the midfield. When we obviously looking at it now, we <laughs> adding Bruno in the mix, we, we're good to go. Yeah, it's it, it's a, it'd be a different story if Bruno wasn't playing and we weren't winning. Um, but Bruno's not playing because we're in form. We're winning. Why why change a winning team? Um, you don't. You don't. Pe- you pe- don't. Pe- people are arguing there. They're like, uh, you know. You, you know, Man City rotate all the time, or Rafa Benitez rotate all the time. The Tinker Man, and you know, but look at their squad depth. Their squad depth, their, their squad list is. Man City's uh, second team is an international starting eleven. Yeah, I mean, we had Lucas De on the bench like last week, just because we had 
down on numbers. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not that far away from the academy players being in. We're not that deep in terms of squad depth, um, especially up front and I guess in midfield as well. So Bruno will get his chance. And, you know, he's at a happy club at the minute. Yeah, he's a happy club. He's, he's got, he's got like minded people around him as well. So John Linton's there to help him settle in, which is a big thing when you're moving overseas. Um, and you're going, especially going to a new club and it's, it's foreign. Like obviously he's gone from, he's gone from Brazil speaking Portuguese to, to Leon, um, yeah, French. And he's, he's just gone to the UK and, um, English speaking country. And it's pretty hard to settle in. And, and a lot of players, or I guess a lot of fans will think, oh, you know, if they're getting paid enough, they should just do their job. And it's not as easy as that sometimes. Um, so I think Joel will help him settle in. I don't think he's too disgruntled. I don't think he will be too disgruntled. I think he's, um, he knows the position we're in, and he's there for long haul. He's there to, to you know, be our centre midfielder for the next potentially for the next four, five, six, or well, probably let's say five to seven years. He's going to be like our Vincent Company. Hopefully, you know, Man City signed Company pretty early, and he pretty much played his whole career there and became a legend. I think Bruno could be that guy. Um, obviously, it depends on our success because I think he's what twenty four. Twenty four, yeah. He's twenty four, so I mean, he's still got a good decade in him you know and the way players are looking after themselves these years could be 10 12 years so i i don't think he's unhappy at all and i think people are just trying to stir shit that's not there to be stirred to be honest yeah I, I, that's the same i guess they probably don't understand it as well and you know coming from a professional sporting background it, they're like oh you can you know you just put him in you, you're gonna mess up the team morale you're gonna as soon as you push one so-called star player in, especially that early on, I think the best thing Eddie Howe did was not actually start him in his first game or the second game. And then we just happened to go on a great run and that's leaving him out. And you can see there's an, an exceptional world-class player there. Oh, absolutely. Um, he's just, he uses class on the ball. Yeah, um, he's, 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 yeah. yeah, Technically, he's probably the best midfielder we've got. But the combination we've got now is working. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yep, spot on. Um, speaking, about, speaking of our midfield... Um, Eddie Howe's come in. And he's absolutely transformed. Um, absolutely transformed this squad from what Steve Bruce has, you know, did and and all. But yeah, well done, Steve Bruce. You know, not getting not getting us relegated for two years. Um, but this year, no wins. Howe's come in. Um, it's not so much than you know the ninety odd million pound that we spent, and you know with Trippier and Burn and. And Bruno, we we know the whole list and Target on loan and and whatnot and Wood. It's um, it's how he's transformed the play, the current crop. It's how he's you know how he's turned Joel into a combative midfielder. It's how he's got Willock you know playing with confidence again and bombing forward scoring goals. It's how he's got John Joe Shelby doing more than just trying to you know try to play David Beckham and ping a ping a ball from you know from one side of the field to the other. He's got Fabian Shah who probably had two three mistakes in him a game. Not making a mistake. Lascelles before he got injured had an absolute cracking game. Um, he's got players playing absolutely out of their skin. You look at Charles, the second goal this morning. Where would that run come from? Yeah, you know, he ran, ran out, flicked the ball over the defender, mm. played a perfect through ball to Joe Willock. Prime David um, Louise. Pretty much, yeah. And um, I think it was almost three years ago to the day Shah scored that bomb against Burnley. You know, he's got it in him. But under Bruce, Bruce didn't like him. Bruce didn't play him. Um, he was on his way out. He's out of contract at the end of the season, Fabian Shah. So the way he's playing, he's going to get a new deal. Um, you know, they're, they're talking about a new deal, and Milan's obviously interested because um, yeah, they want every centre-back that we've been chasing after anyway. Yep. Um, but yeah, he's been sensational. What 
obviously now Fraser's come out. Fraser's probably been the most vocal person in regards to um, Bruce, yeah. In regards to Bruce and 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 Fraser's been absolutely yeah, incredible um, under Eddie Howe. Something that I was a little bit worried about, to be honest, when when Howe came in, just because he refused to play for Bournemouth, you know, during their relegation battle. Um, so I was a little bit weary about that, but that that goes to show of. Um, of what a good human being Eddie Howe is, just to sweep that under the rug and, and get on with it. He knows how important Fraser is to this team. We don't have too many midfielders with his skill set. You know, he's quick. You know, he's Miggy, but with an end product. Um, yeah. Miggy, I think Miggy's on his way out. To be honest, yeah, I think Miggy's gone in the summer. I think I think Miggy's gone in the summer. Um, yeah. He's he's not what. It's not what was advertised. Yeah, it's not what was. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah, you know, it's like you you buy something on Facebook Marketplace and you buy something online from Alibaba, um, <laughs> and then it, it rocks up and it's definitely not what's advertised. Like he's, he tries and he runs hard and he his enthusiasm is infectious, hmm. but he's got no end product. And I can't remember the last yeah. time he dribbled past a player. Yeah, we don't have the MLS slash Paraguayan Miggy. We just have the Newcastle United version. Yeah, yeah. Even for Paraguay, he's all right. Like he's he's all right for playing for Paraguay. He's, but... he's a good six, seven out of ten for Paraguay. For when it was at um, Atlanta, he was mate and nine and a half out of ten. Yeah, that, that combination with Joseph Martinez at Atlanta yeah. was phenomenal. Um, so yeah, I do think Mickey could be on his way out. Um, I'm glad to see Jacob Murphy getting more minutes as well. Um, you know, he grew up a Newcastle fan, Didn't, not from the area, but him and um, him and Josh are Newcastle fans, so. He knows what it means to play for the club, and yeah, yeah, so. he's a I solid think, six out of ten. I think, um, mate, Eddie Howe coming in and doing things his own way. Obviously, fitness has been a big key, um, and, and spending some time under Diego Simeone at Atletico Madrid um, would have done him wonders as well. A bit of tactical now, and learning off others. You can never one one little thing that I, that I find really important, and it doesn't matter where in life, you can never have too much knowledge about anything. As soon as you believe you have too much knowledge, you're done for. The old saying, if you're the yeah. smartest guy in the room, it's time to find another room. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And that's what, Eddie, that's what Eddie Howe's done. He did really well at Bournemouth, albeit with limited resources. Um, he stepped away. Um, you know, obviously, they got relegated with him at the realm. Um, and then he's he's jumped in and learnt from some of the best around the you know around the world in the managerial positions and, you know, how, how clubs are run. Um, and he stepped into, I guess, a sleeping giant in that being us and... He's slowly making his mark, and he was never going to make a mark straight away. But once you implement your 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 way of you know, your playing, your training, um, lifestyle, um, tactical ability, he has that, um, and you can see that with the current crop. So what excites me is what can a manager like Howe do? I know it's early days, but what can he do with an unlimited budget? It's fun to think about, isn't it? Um, basically, whatever Howe's selling, the players are buying. Um, they've they've bought into it 100. You, you touched on it, Fraser, new player, um, Mankio, new player. Um, the new, new signings like Fraser and Jolinton are new signings because yep. they, they weren't playing. So it exactly. says Fabian Shah. Yep, it's it's exciting, and you, you're right. What I said like how went overseas. He went, you know, he went to Italy. He went England. He went to Spain. He just wanted to learn from the best and. He's implementing that now, and we're seeing we're going to get the benefits of that because Howard's still a young manager, and he's got. I mean, you've said it on on the panelists, but he's got the chance to become a legend here, mm. and it's true. You know, we appreciate the style of football they're playing. Obviously, results didn't happen straight away, but we're smart enough as a fan base to know after Rafa Benitez and Steve Bruce being inherently defensive orientated coaches, 
you're not just going to come in and change it overnight. You're not just going to become an attacking force overnight. So it's been a gradual, and you can see it. Obviously, we've watched every game. You see every game, a slight improvement. They're like, oh, this is better. Like the positioning there, they're narrowing it. You know, the, the pitch is not as wide as it used to be. We're a bit more compact. We're not getting caught. You know, we're not getting caught in behind like we used to with the fullbacks. Decision making is phenomenal. Like, I was watching, um, you know, if the Brentford game today, and you know, Brentford are pressing high, and it's the decision making. Let's not lump it forward. Let's look. You know, let's play it back. Debravka, Debravka's on the ball. Who's albeit not the best distributor, you know, distributing goalkeeper going around. But he'll play. He'll then, you know, find target. Target would then find Shelby. John Joe will play on the ball for a bit. Push out wide to Murphy. Murphy's got nothing on. He'll play it back into Kraft, and then then we'll reset. Whereas before, we're just like shit. Nothing's on. Let's bomb it forward and hope someone chases into the corner. And can't underestimate the impact Dan Burns had as well. The balance he offers being a left-footed centre back. Uh, it's just because it opens the pitch up a lot more, and especially this morning playing against ten men, it was a lot easier to you know to stretch the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Brentford were pressing high up, but there is also a time and a place to bomb the ball forward as well. Um, you know, I, I watched Everton. Um, I've, I've watched Everton Leeds play, and they try and play out from the back, and it's not their strength, and it wasn't our strength for a while. It still probably isn't. You know, our defenders. They're not Rio Ferdinand in his prime. They're not even Jonathan Woodgate when he was with us, who I think is the greatest centre-back we've ever had in that short amount of time that he was there. I've never seen a centre-back better than Jonathan Woodgate. It's just how, and Jason Tindall as well, because um, we look better from set pieces. We look a lot more organised, especially defensively. So you can tell the work they're putting in. Um, it's exciting. I mean, I know we're talking like we're going to win the league and you know we're still pretty close to relegation we're not safe yet yeah we're, we're, we're four points we're four points clear and Burnley have a game in hand exactly so I mean it, it, we're not out of the woods just yet um, but if you look at the form table we're second only to Liverpool it's not a bad place to be mm, best um, best defensive record of this year or two yeah it's just crazy because we conceded the most goals in the calendar year 2021 now mm. we've conceded the fewest so proof's yeah. in the pudding um, I'll touch on wood before we move on um Player out of form or just out of confidence? I think he just, he just needs a goal. He had a, yeah. he had a couple of chances today and he probably should yeah, have buried at least probably, one of them. For me, that the first head he probably should have put, I would have liked to see him put it back across goal yeah. rather than heading head, head down and trying to find the near post. Um, but yeah, yeah, he definitely but, had two two chances that you know could have ended up in the back of the net. But even though he's not scoring, what he's doing is he's attracting not just the, the centre-back that's marking him, but the other centre-back is like, oh, shit, you know, I'm going to have to win the second ball here. And that opens up more space for Willock for some yeah. maximum when he's playing. So even though Wood's not scoring, he is contributing a lot yeah, to the way cool. we're playing. Yeah, so he's creating space for the other attackers. And that's why Fraser's playing well. Murphy played well last night. So Maximin's got a free role to do what he wants. So yeah, it's, exactly, yeah. it's exactly what I think as well. I, I just think he's out of confidence in that final third, but in terms of playing and overall balance and what he brings to the team, he's doing his role to an absolute T. He's going to fill in that role of like uh, Kevin Gallagher, Antoine Sibierski, Peter Lovenkrans, you know, a grafter. You know, they're not going to score a heap of goals, but they're going to work hard. They're going to create space. They'll do the dirty work that I guess, you know, most people don't see. Um, but I can guarantee you the players that are playing with him appreciate what he does. It's the old Emil Heskey effect. You ask Michael Owen who his best strike partner was, every day of the week he's saying, Emil Heskey. And it's, that's exactly what Wood's doing. Um, I, I, I'm a big fan of Chris Wood. I want him to get a goal, obviously, but I appreciate the, the performances he's doing because if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be undefeated in the last 
sort of seven games now. So yeah, yeah. don't underestimate his contribution. Um, speaking of being undefeated, so we, we've jumped up um, in the table from, I guess we have seven teams below us now, which is very rare. Yeah. Um, so we've literally gone from last place under Eddie Howe and we're, we're sitting, um, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to say pretty, but we're sitting 14. So we played 25, 25, 25 points. We have two games in hand on Brentford um, and then we have a game in hand on Leeds. If we can win those those games in hand, obviously against Southampton next, uh, next week um, and then Everton, which is huge. Um, if we can pick up anywhere from four to six points in in those two games, that'll that's going to put us a good seven eight points clear of Brentford, and and you know that game in hand will put us um, you know five five points clear clear of Leeds, and we, we've you know about ten twelve games to play. It's um, we've got a horror run to end the season, so yeah. we need we need to to be um, safe sooner rather than later. We can't afford to wait for the last five five games of the season. Um, but I think I think we'll be fine. To be honest, I don't see us going down. Um, touch wood. Touch wood. Uh, <laughs> Where, where's Chris? Yeah, I don't want to touch him though. Yeah, he's too tall. He is, yeah, um, yeah I, I'm the same. Like for me, it's really this weekend's games, which we'll touch base on now. Brighton at home. Um, Brighton have lost um, lost their last three um, on the trot, um, losing um, on the weekend, and then getting absolutely belted by Burnley the week before. Um, at home, St James Park absolutely pumping. No sports direct signs. Fifty-two thousand, um, yeah, fans screaming, screaming, singing along. Um, probably um, ASM back. Um, Mankia should be back. Um, mate, Brighton have, have only scored twenty-five goals in twenty-six games. They do have, they're, they're good at the back. I, I, I think we'll pick up three points here, um, and then they'll take us hopefully into. Yeah, midweek game in Southampton, you know, on a high and and we can, you know, get something going away from there. Never easy going to Southampton. They're they've actually been they're a Jekyll and Hyde team this season. They'll have some fantastic results and then they awful. Um, awful football. But you touched on something there. Allenson Maximan might be back. Did, are we playing better without him? Or are we too reliant when he plays? Is there a better shape when he's not there? Better structure? I, th- I probably I think there's better structure. I think we 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 hold our shape better. We have better structure and attack. Um, I, I think there's more of a predictability to our play, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, which can also be a good and bad thing. So what I mean by that is a predictability to our play from an opposing um, opposing team's point of view in regards to us. All right, well. Yeah, this is where they play. They're, they're going to play down the flanks. Fraser Murphy, that's where their distribution is going to come. We're going to play into Chris Wood. All right, pretty simple. Um, but then the po- the the positive thing is when Alan, you know, ASM comes in um, and the unpredictability is there, mate, he's so difficult to handle. And we've seen that day in, day out. The only thing with that is our players don't know what he's on. Exactly. No one's on the same wavelength as he is. Yeah. But I'll be honest, I watched the game this morning against Brentford and not once do I think, oh, shit, I almost forgot about St. Maximum. And yeah. that's a good thing. That's a good thing because that just shows that we were playing well without him because a year ago or last season, it'll be unheard of. We didn't win games when he didn't play. No. I actually really saw a really, really cool tweet um, just before jumping on here and it was, um, we've picked up three points without our three most important players. And... Yeah. The, and then he went on to say, I'm saying most important now because it seems unfair to say our best players. Yeah, well, it's true. Because everyone is pl- playing out of their skin. 
yeah, the three most important, and also our captain wasn't playing either as well. Um, say what you want about Lascelles, but on his day, he's actually a good defender. Yeah. He's just got a bit of the brambles about him. Yeah, well, here you go. Here's a good little stat. Um, Newcastle United have gone on in their longest Premier League winless run, and winless run. Right? Yeah, so we have gone on our longest Premier League winless run. Mm-hmm. And longest Premier League unbeaten run in over a decade, all in the same season. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, all yeah, in the same season. It was Pardew that we had uh, fourteen games, I think, unbeaten. Uh, yeah, twenty eleven. Yeah, uh, that was a good team in hindsight. The French Revolution. Um, yeah, that's great. We did. I probably didn't appreciate it at the time just because I didn't like Pardew, um, but it was actually good football. Ellen Pardew. Ellen Pardew. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Um, I'm actually excited to watch Newcastle games now. It used to be absolute chore getting up at 2 a.m. just to know we're going to get absolutely spanked, but mate, we do it anyway because I guess we're idiots. But we richest club in the world. Uh, as long as we stay up, it's going to be a, a fun transfer window, I think. All right, score, Brighton, home. I reckon we win 2-1. No, I'll, I'll, yeah, they'll get a late goal. They, they love a 90-plus-minute Neil Mope goal. I'm going with a clean sheet. I'm going to go 2-0 again. Okay. Chris Wood to get off the mark. I'm going to say it every single week. Um, Until it happens. Yep. Uh, sometimes I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong. Um, we are we a lucky, um, a lucky, lucky little listener from our other podcast. Um, back to 2-0 prediction of our win over Brentford and won himself some pounds, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is pretty cool. Um, Shame yeah. you didn't put it on. Yeah, I definitely didn't put it on, which is pretty funny, uh, which is a big shame. Um and then Southampton midweek. Um, mate, we'll touch base with that on our second episode on on Sunday night, which will be pretty cool. Yeah, I won't spoil my prediction for that one. Yeah, we'll keep that in the uh, we'll keep that in the back pocket, which is pretty cool. Um, mate, that's us. We um, our first ever Newcastle United solely dedicated podcast. You can follow us at the moment. Uh, we don't have a Twitter, but you can follow. Um, Follow us on overthewall.nufc on Instagram. That's where we get all of our content out on a uh, on a daily basis, just everything Newcastle United. You can also follow um, us on Twitter, personally, OTPS Hutcho. Yeah, OTPS Hutcho 87. Yep. And then um, I'm just Dave Harvey 17 on, on Twitter, and that's where everything – literally have Twitter only for Newcastle. So that's why – yeah, I'm pretty sure 95% of my followers are just Newcastle United yeah. fans. Including Keith Gillespie, shout out to uh, yeah. the old wing wizard from the 90s. Yep, still trying to get him on the cast. Keep yeah, poking we'll, him, which is pretty cool. We'll get um, him off. But we'll be, um, we'll be available on Spotify, um, hopefully Apple, but we'll keep you posted in that regard. Um, but that's us from our uh, first ever Over the Wall. Yeah, we'll be back every week. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks, guys.